welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, hello, sisters, on this dreary November day. Well, hello. Yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't know what your weather's like, but it is cold and rainy up here in the Big Apple. That. It's that, yep. too. It's that. It, that. Yes. Yeah. It, it is that. universally cold that and it. rainy. Uh, yes. Good. Well, no, not a good day to be soup. Because y'all going to get eaten if you're soup. <laughs> good day to have soup. Good day to have soup. It's yeah. a good day to be like frozen yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That, that's true. That's, a, that's an excellent point. Or yeah. like snow cones. I know. I took, I had Charlie out. We were doing some birthday shopping for Justin and we walked right by an ice cream store and I went, well, do you want, do you, and I'm thinking, I don't want. I don't even want to say it out loud because I don't want it. And she looked and went, nah. That's <laughs> the first thought, time Whoa. she's ever turned down ice cream. <laughs> it is a cold, rainy day when Charlie says, nah. I will say, though, we have a new rolled ice cream place here. It's pretty hard to say no to because now they have a Fruity Pebbles flavor. Mm. Mm. It's pretty good. Chocolate all the way. Have you had the rolled ice cream, though? No. What is, wait, rolled? It's like, I'm sure they have this in New York because... It's one of those like fancy things that we didn't get because until they have about two months ago. Because so. they have it in Huntington, <laughs> so they have to have it in New York. It's like where they take ice cream, but like melt it, and then like they pour the liquid ice cream on like a frozen sheet. And oh, then and then they like squish, add things squish, to squish it. it around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like roll it up so it's in like a little like spiral. Okay, yeah, yeah. So oh, it's in a bunch cool. of little tubes. Mm. It's mm. not like regular ice cream. Like it's all basically just like the base flavor is all vanilla, but then they add various things to it. So like. They what? add s'mores and fruity pebbles it, and. But Sid, it, is your is your go to chocolate? Is that just it? Like just chocolate, like ice cream, not with like stuff in it. Like what? Like I like chocolate with brownie bits, or chocolate with coconut, or chocolate with nuts. Coconut. Or like all that together, like German chocolate cake kind of ice cream. That's my that's <laughs> my jam. See, fish I, food, I like Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, my my go to is pistachio or whatever is weird and sounds terrible that somebody dares me to eat. <laughs> uh, Ch- Charlie has officially weighed in on the Dippin' Dots debate. She loves them. Oh. She loves them. No. You know what else she loves? Dots. She, well, yes. all right. She we- loves. She thinks dots are the best candy. And she loves Dippin' Dots. Which and is proof that Charlie is mine. <laughs> although she did, she was eating Dippin' Dots, and then halfway through she handed it to me and said, can you make them melt? <laughs> okay, see, the basic problem with Dippin' Dots she has she is encountered. And it's I not said, ice no, cream, I... it's just ice balls. <laughs> I said, that's the whole thing with that's them. That's how they, they are. They, they don't really well. They don't. I mean, they will eventually, but... She was like, I want them melty like ice cream is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I, I know that's that's universal. And I think she weighed on on the side of reason. That is my side. That is ice cream should, in essence, be creamy. But, you know, what she thinks about dots, the candy. Yeah, she, she loves, loves them. them. I mean, if I ever had to, like, patch a hole in, like, a boat, like, great. But I don't want to. For dots? <laughs> like, I think that they for. could. I think that that might be one of those like MacGyver-esque textures that you could use in a state of emergencies, but they're not for eating. They're never for eating. No, she she stuck one in my mouth when she was eating them the other day and said, here, have one. And I was chewing it thinking, why? Why does anyone? Why? See, Charlie How much and I do share I love you. dots together. <laughs> I pass them back and forth. Um, cause I don't, 
I don't like any any food or confection in a dot form. That's just me, all right? You be you, I'll be me, no dots. I I wanted to give a brief update. This isn't what our show is about this week, but I did want to give you guys a brief update because I read an interesting article about 13 Reasons Why, Mm -hmm. which we have done a whole show about. I almost dropped out when you said I read an interesting article, like, (laughs) boring, but continue. (laughs) (laughs) You Uh, are the youth of tomorrow. Pay attention. (laughs) Uh, this This is hopeless. I, I, but it was about, there was, I guess, a study done where they basically looked for like Google searches in the time frame that 13 Reasons Why was released to look for like an uptick in kind of looking for like the term suicide and like searches and what kind of searches were related to that and, and that kind of thing. And um, they did find that there was an increase over that time period of people searching for things like suicide hotline and suicide help and suicide prevention and that kind of thing so it's good but they also found a significant uptick in searches for things like how do you commit suicide um now that i think that you could level a lot of criticisms at that like that kind of study like there's there why like what were people looking for were they you know i I, there's a lot you could say whether it was just like general curiosity in the subject brought about by the tv show or Mm -hmm. but but i do think i mean their point was that from their standpoint you need to be more careful with this kind of stuff because suicidal ideation thinking about suicide can lead to suicidal behavior so it's still this getting a not. second season. They were they were lobbying to actually have the show changed or have parts of it removed permanently, mm. so that because of it was dangerous. Mm. Now I don't know based on that study if I would jump straight to that, but um, they did they did some they did some things like to control for other things that like to eliminate like squad from their search so suicide squad didn't interfere with it you know i mean things like that like they did well, that seems like a really things. easy one to avoid <laughs> like. but that but no they did like they did a good job trying to make it like a a well done yeah. study but i you know and it's hard when you start looking into google search data like that stuff is fascinating to me but if you start to, trying to draw causation that gets really sticky but there was there was a correlation there so i thought um, i would update you all on that well, no. I mean, as long as we're updating things, Snapchat didn't work for about three hours yesterday. That was terrifying for the teen world. Also, my voice is back to being smooth <laughs> as honey. Wait. So wait a second. Snapchat didn't work for three hours and you knew about it. Yeah. Because there's no way, like, if, for the most part, if my social, me- any of my social medias didn't work for three hours... Well, no, of course Chances I knew about are, it, Sydney, because it. when one social media stops working, all the teens take to the others to talk about how the one hasn't, hasn't been working. So it's like I go on Snapchat once, and it's like, huh, that's weird. It's like not loading. That's odd. I wonder if that's just like my phone or if that's a thing. And then I go on Twitter. It's like, why is Snapchat not working? It's like, okay, not just me. Oh, well, I wonder yeah. if that was like a plot aimed at teenagers. I, I would love to know the frequency uh, to which you guys check your social media that you would notice like in such great numbers like in three hours that it's down yeah that's what i was thinking because i wouldn't notice because i don't check <laughs> oh, i would any social media often enough to notice if something's down for three hours if twitter was down for three hours i probably wouldn't know i would know i definitely wouldn't know about snapchat but i don't have snapchat so that, that that's not really a fair comparison yeah <laughs> that's a good thing um you don't know what you do with Snapchat. I no, I well, I <laughs> you have explained it to me multiple times. I'm still not sure. 
Especially I, not if it tells you if somebody screenshots your Snapchat. Well, I mean, that's a good thing that it tells you. Yeah, but then, like, if it does, I don't know. that. I don't know. But also, like, once I tell you, it's like, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, I, yeah, they I screenshotted that, it. I learned that two days ago, and I was fascinated by that fact. You didn't know that? No, I don't. I knew you could screenshot them. I didn't know it told you. It didn't used to, but then people were like, hey, I sent you a thing, and now you have a picture of it. How'd you get a picture of it? So Snapchat was like, well, got to tell people when that happens. Nothing you can do about it, but at least now you know. <laughs> That's creepy. It's very creepy. I just hope nobody can ever tell how I'm reacting to their Facebook posts as I'm reading them. Like with your face? <laughs> yeah, with my face. I hope there's never any technology that's like, Sydney just made this face while she was reading your Facebook post. And it's me going like, what? That's yeah, going to that, be. <laughs> that's how you get those other emojis that people get. Yeah. It's just reading your facial. Like you don't you don't just give a real thumbs up every time to your Facebook and then it translates that. That's what I do. Thumbs up. <laughs> Facebook's like, okay, I like this. Sad face. <laughs> this post is making me stick my tongue out and it turned green and I have money signs in my eyes. <laughs> I don't know why. That's a new I facial still- recognition with the new iPhone. It tells your face. It's uh, just uh, it'll send a video. Just translates you into an emoji. Yeah, you know that's a thing. With the new iPhone, there are um, like the little animal emojis. No. You can like, like calibrate it to your face, and then like m- move your head, and like make facial expressions. But it'll change it to like the one I see is like a unicorn. So like you can make a three dimensional little unicorn head make the same movements your head does, and then send that to someone. No, I don't like That's, that. I don't iPhone like this at all. X. Ha- Riley, have I asked you before what the upside down smiley face means? I still don't get it. And I feel like um, I get it sent often to me that I'm like, okay, that's, <laughs> yes. I use I it and thumbs up. other teens I know use it in the sense where like something bad happens and you're like, great. Like you're kind of like, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's like, oh, my computer just shut down. And I was working on an essay and it didn't save. Great. And wah, then it's just wah. like upside down smiley face. Oh, the wah wah face. Wah yeah. <laughs> wah. Pretty much. Okay. All right. I got it. I get it now. Like that so smile you make when things are just so bad, you're like about to like go insane. I'm like, uh, mm, great. I, okay. Your, your world's turned upside down and all you can do is, is just smile ironically about it. <laughs> or it's okay. just Will, Will Byers. What? Will Byers from Stranger Things. Maybe that's just him. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's just, oh, God. That's so much worse. It's the smiley face from the upside down. <laughs> ah. Um, well, this has been your teen update. Now yeah, that that's, that's been 11 way. minutes of us talking about literally not what we're talking about, but no. that's fine. No, those are important teen updates for people who are listening for all the teen insider info there, yeah. Riley. Um, no, what we what we wanted to talk about was a, a little more serious than that. Um, and that's uh, something that I think we've all experienced to varying degrees. And there's been a lot of talk about in the media and in the newspapers lately um, because of the um, Me Too campaign that's been happening on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, and that's sexual harassment, and then also we kind of want to talk about sexism and and somewhat sexual assault, you know, because as three uh, women, I think it's something that we're all somewhat familiar with, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Upside down um. smiley face. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, and it, you know, it's it. The question is like, why? Why? How does that apply to teenagers? Well, it applies to teenagers because 
it starts from gosh before you're a teenager yeah i would say for most of us um being treated differently or being um i don't know it i i'd say i'd say that it starts for us as soon as we are identified as some as being a vulnerable member of the population which women are seen as well i mean think about one of the most sexist parts of any uh person growing up in the public school system's life dress code the dress code (laughs) sure (laughs) well and and which a dress code which as we've talked about before like not only discriminates against um well i mean i guess to some degree everybody because i know we, we talked about before on our dress code episode that like i think that you can't if if you're if you're someone that the school system has decided is male, you can't wear a skirt mm-hmm. and that kind of thing in a lot of school systems. But but both sides. But definitely for women, I think that there's a sexualization that comes with that. Yeah. But also like uh, uh, changes based on your body type if you're a woman. Yeah. Like, for example, if you have bigger breasts than another girl, there's a better chance that what you're wearing will probably be deemed as inappropriate mm-hmm. than someone who does not have as big a breast or even things like um just being taller i know some of my taller friends always had a lot of trouble finding the shorts that mm-hmm. would be long enough to meet the fingertip test <laughs> <laughs> and it was just because they were really tall and their legs were really long yeah and their shorts weren't necessarily shorter it was just hard to find shorts that were long enough yeah and I, I, I feel like <laughs> I, i've always had a very long waist and that's always short-circuited the 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 short to arm length ratio for me like that's <laughs> If I wear shorts that come down at the tip of my fingers, those shorts are at my knees. I am a Neanderthal. It's cool. Let me wear shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a, a quick plus for my school dress code, though. Uh, it did not allow two young men at my school to wear jackets that the entire pattern was the Confederate flag. Well, that's something. So that's something. So that's good. Dress code being effective in a way. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. That's good dress code. But... But I think, you know, when I look back to, like, high school, when was I first aware that uh, as a woman I was going to move through the world differently than people who, I I was going to say present as male. I think part of it is present as male, but then the other part of it is the way that society accepts you Mm -hmm. as to their, their definition as to what is male and what is female, which varies depending on where you are and who you're faced with and where you grew up, so... I don't know that it's something you can entirely control. So I don't, I don't want to necessarily say it's just about how you present. It's also about what the world is going right. to put on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like I remember when one specific example was in a, in a career class they made us take in high school when we were talking about different like job options and they were like giving us like little cards with different job descriptions and things and letting us pick things and then they were talking about how much school you'd have to do for different things and of the choices they presented to me that day the one I chose was lawyer I did not want to be a lawyer but they wouldn't let you choose anything it was like which of these three I was like well I guess I guess a lawyer of these Mm -hmm. options seems pretty good and I remember being told you know you want to be really careful with that um because that's a lot of school and it will get in the way of of having a family and you might want to look into something like being a paralegal instead where you could still work and be home a lot and make some decent money but not have to go to school quite as much and it 
there was this, you know, I mean, I, I remember that as a high school student thinking like, what business is it of yours? Why are we talking about me having kids? What? I'm 17. <laughs> like, what is this conversation? Like, I told I you I wanted to be a lawyer and you're telling me to think twice about it. Like, I'm, but you know, it's funny because one of my earliest memories of really like seeing that distinction uh, was a similar situation. It was on a, like a, you know, like career day kind of thing where you go and like you get to go visit a job that is your future career. And I knew I wanted to go into arts. So the closest I could come that people would allow me to, to get to arts was graphic design. You know, that was like that one safe space. Like, <laughs> I want to go into art. Oh, no, you know, you mean graphic design. No, no, no. I want to make comics. No, no, no. You mean graphic design. There's money there. Trust us. Uh, so I ended up like going to this place that made neon signs which was actually like really freaking cool like they like were welding and they were like using neon gas and they were making these signs and there were two of us it was super cool but there were two of us that went me and a young man and the guy got to go back into the workshop and actually see how they made the signs and i was put with the secretary to stamp envelopes and collate i still don't really know what that means but i know it was a term she thought i should learn <laughs> i don't know what that means yeah i just sat in an office and like organized envelopes and stuff all day and i just like but like what why am i here and he's out back with the dangerous explosive gas that's where i want to be yeah mm-hmm. i mean and taylor you belong with the dangerous explosives i think I yeah think i think i, I can handle it <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you know, for me, I don't know. And this is maybe some people relate to this. Uh, I never, I guess it was always like, I always felt like I was kind of out of touch with the way people were seeing me because I never saw myself as like super feminine. Like it was always just like this mystifying element to be like, why am I being treated different? I'm as good as you or as interested in this as you or as excited about this thing as you. Like, I think because, you know, we, we identify or we, define ourselves first and foremost and then we kind of hope the world gets that like that was always that second point where it's like I was being put in a box that I didn't even understand that I was in because I've always felt like my gender was so little of a part of who I was it's like the world makes it that you don't choose that yeah no I I know what you mean it's really something that as an adult I've noticed more because i I, I don't know if it was the way we were raised, maybe like our parents, just a credit to them that I never felt like any part of my gender would define what I could or couldn't do Mm-mm. or and, and it I every time I came up against a situation where I realized, is this because I'm a woman? Is that why this is happening? Like I oh, I find myself shocked. And now as I get older, I'm not so much anymore. But but I always <laughs> did because I thought, why is that? Why is that entering into the equation? Mm-hmm. Who's talking about that right now? I don't know. And it's never like a constant fact that I think about in my mind on a daily basis that I am a woman. Yeah. <laughs> like that no. is not, that is not, has no impact on the way I carry myself <laughs> or like the way I go about my day to day life. There are so few of my daily actions that involve my lady parts, just in general, you know, <laughs> like you'd be surprised. Yeah. I mean, last year I was in my AP US history class and I will say every single one of my advanced placement and honors classes except for this one has been about 95% people who are female and the other 5% is male 
So like every one of my classes this year out of 20 kids, they're about three or four guys. So like usually I'm like there are a lot of other girls in there. So I never feel like pressured to not because I mean, in some classes, if there are a lot of men, you Mm -hmm. can feel like you can't say exactly how you feel because like you're a woman. So like don't. But in this class, you feel that way in class now. Well, that's what in this class it was me and two or three other girls and about eight or nine guys, and we would talk about. Obviously, we talked about. I mean, this was during the election. It was last year. Mm-hmm. We were in a history class. We talked about like government and politics a lot, and um, especially right around the election, we would start talking about things like the two candidates and we would start talking about our political views and one of our assignments was to do uh some sort of entertaining media project on some for some important part of the 1920s 30s and 40s and I picked the women's movement and I did a whole song on it and it was like every time I talked about women's rights or I did that project or I would talk about my political views all of it was always deemed as well because you're a woman or like you're getting like crazy and you're getting out of hand but Mm -hmm. like if a guy would go on and continue to talk about his political views it was like okay I understand where you're coming from you make some interesting points I bring up my political views it's like whoa calm down no one's like attacking you you can just tone it down a little bit we're all listening here we all have our own opinions that's Mm. very disheartening to hear because that that concept that women are inherently overly emotional and can't can't like think logically or make a rational argument but anything they say must be some sort of overly dramatic emotional response to things that is so old and so (laughs) frustrating and I would love to say that it goes away as you get older but it doesn't I still face those kinds of criticisms and that kind of feedback Um, now and I see it when uh, I'm involved in like evaluations and stuff I see that gender difference like who has a cool head who's calm under pressure who gets a little overly dramatic who gets frazzled mm-hmm. I mean a lot well, of it is language th- but it is it is language because it's it's not you're passionate it's that you're hysterical and Right. I'm very right. And that's passionate the word I was about just all about things to use. I do. Yeah. Like that's. Yeah. I was going to say I'm passionate. Yeah. About like my political beliefs. Last year we were talking about the election. Two weeks before the election. I was very passionate about what I believed in and what I did not believe in and what I thought was right and what I thought was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was not like nervous to voice that in a class where we were encouraged to talk about things like that. But you shouldn't be. What do you mean? You shouldn't be nervous to voice that. Right. Like you should right. be. You know, I mean, everybody, everybody should be able to voice whatever yeah. their thoughts or feelings are. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. like I should have been considered right and everyone should have listened to me because I'm a woman. That means I'm always right. I'm just saying like you let this guy over well, here talk. I mean, know. yeah. But like <laughs> you let this guy over here talk for 20 minutes and he made literally no logical sense and made no point that has any evidence to back it up. But I just said like three straight facts that had nothing to do with opinion were just facts for like two minutes and you all were like whoa, whoa, whoa calm down well it's hard to be written off for something you can't control like yeah. and that's what it feels like like i i remember and i mean and i made all the as far as like fields that involve a hefty amount of sexism i just went right into the the hornet's nest because i 
involved in comic books, the restaurant industry, like I, the punk scene. Like I made I made choices, and I love all these things, but it just constant contact points where these are men's worlds, and I am interfering in them. And I, I remember in college, like standing in line for portfolio reviews and just hearing the kid in front of me just getting like just slobbered all over by an editor just because they're broing down about spider-man and i'm like i could have that same conversation i love ultimate spider-man i'm so excited to talk to you and then i get up there and suddenly he's like picking apart the buoyancy of my speech bubbles and i'm like what how is this different like i didn't ever i never wanted it to be about my gender like i refuse to believe that so i just like doubled down on being hard on myself it took me years to actually accept that hey maybe you were in a rigged game like maybe there was Mm -hmm. a reason that you that it was just so much harder and that's it's a bummer because you know it does it doesn't ever go away there is always that that thing where some you approach the bench and somebody's already gone like oh well I know what this is about yeah yeah no I know know what you're saying because I remember having a, a debate once in college about the concept of the glass ceiling and someone saying, making the comments that the, the, we, I hope my children never know what it is. And I get that. I see what they're saying. I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to parse their language. Like right. I understand, like, yeah. that'd be great if we lived in a world where no one was discriminated against. But I think that knowing it's there is actually vitally important mm-hmm. because right. it does exist. And I think that I went about things the same way. Just try to ignore it pretend it's not there and then nobody will ever stop you yeah like if, if you, you work hard enough it doesn't count <laughs> it, right and that's not true no. and we're talking as women and i think that that is exponentially true because i mean we are talking as you know three white women mm-hmm. yeah i think that if you are a woman of color you have layers upon that where mm-hmm. you know where that ceiling gets harder to break and shows up in more places and you know I, I think knowing it's there and recognizing it is critical to us actually doing anything about it. Oh. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. I got, uh, I mean, this is all just anecdotal stuff, but like I got, uh, this was years ago, I got reviewed, my comics got reviewed by a blog and the person wrote, it was a, it was a male reviewer who introduced himself to me at this convention and it was very complimentary, like, you know, like I gave him a bunch of my books for free because I, I knew I, I knew he wrote for a blog. And in his review, he wrote that it didn't make sense that he, he liked my comics, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for such sad, depressing comics about like, you know, like anxiety and depression, it didn't make sense because I was a very beautiful young woman. So it was hard for him to believe that I could be sad and lonely. <laughs> just like, just, just like I, I've, ne- I, I've, well, I've definitely been more mortified. But that was one of the more mortifying moments where, that I've experienced, where it's like, how did you just take all of my inner stuff that I poured onto paper and make it about the fact that you thought I was cute? I know that's it, and it, it's this kind of thing you would never see about a male artist or author he's very attractive i don't believe he could have real feelings <laughs> how, did, how did such depressing thoughts come from such a handsome young man <laughs> like you, right if, if it's if it sounds ridiculous to say about a man you probably shouldn't be saying it about anyone actually that was like a recurrent theme because i remember one time like at a, like in college getting written up in a review of like one of our student art shows and when they described me they said pin thin co-ed i had an eating disorder at the time thanks dude who wrote the article but like what nobody else got a physical description i did like 
And also co-ed. Co- which is, yeah, right? That just makes you think yeah. like sexy co-eds on the beach. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot more we need to uh, discover about this. But before we do that. Let's check the group message. Uh, sisters, we have two Jumbotrons this week. Whoop, 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 whoop. That's the Jumbotron alarm. Is that the Jumbotron alarm? <laughs> yep. Uh, first, our first one is for Chris. And Chris, this is from a whole bunch of people. Adrian and Brayden and Fuzzy and John and Livy and Madge and Mary and Matt and Riley. Not me. Not this Riley. Another, but another this Riley, Riley means it too. Yeah. Yeah. But this, but this Riley too. Uh, hey, bud, we know how much you hate public compliments. So sorry, we guess. But we just wanted to thank the GM who brought us Always Cloudy on Narshada, Giant Watch and Lake Vale, the player of a clone, Jedi and Hercules Jones, uh, the co-maker of Acute Witch Scouts and our good Texas friend. You're the best, Chris. Happy birthday. Remember to go D2D. A lot of inside jokes. I know. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to. All right. Well, I hope you have a wonderful birthday, Chris. It sounds like you have a lot of great friends who know you super well. Said and it. go D to D. I like how you broke Sammy. that up such that it sounded like Jedi and Hercules Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I lost my punctuation there for a second. Okay. <laughs> that was my bad. That's a whole new story you could make, man. <laughs> uh, what's our other Jumbotron? Uh, we have a podcast to tell you about this week. Uh, not our podcast. It's another podcast. Um, <laughs> And it's called Liz and Alyssa Make Stuff. Liz and Alyssa Make Stuff is a comedy podcast hosted by two best friends who just love to make stuff. Whether it's laundry detergent or makeup, bullet journals or Hamilton fan art, Liz and Alyssa will try to make it all and then tell you all of the sordid details, all with a signature cocktail in hand. So search for Liz and Alyssa Make Stuff in the Apple Podcast Store or go to LizandAlyssa.com to listen. Cool. Sounds great. Sounds like a great podcast. A lot of of stuff you'd be into, Riley. Yeah. And custom podcast or cocktail. Sorry. (laughs) Sounds like a Taylor thing. (laughs) That's a me thing. Taylor custom podcast. (laughs) Custom podcast. (laughs) Drinking some cocktails. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll check that out. Lizandalyssa.com. Liz and Alyssa make stuff. Uh, So we, I, I will say that. I, I I kind of face that stuff that you're mentioning, Riley, back in high school. And it's sad because what you're talking about doesn't sound much different. Mm-hmm. We usually look for contrast. And I don't see much contrast in these kinds of stories. Yeah. Um, and as you get older, I would love to say that, like, the harder you work and the more you achieve and the more you prove yourself that it goes away. But that's not really true. Mm-hmm. Because I was in... A disagreement that I was I felt was a very professional disagreement just a few weeks ago with a colleague and as I began to make my counter argument um, I was stopped and told that I was being dramatic and I needed to stop bringing all this drama into the situation um, and I I was very taken aback and uh and it was hard because I didn't want to accuse my colleague of sexism, mm-hmm. but I thought that's that's what this is. That's why you're saying this. You you wouldn't say this to a male colleague who I've was just, disagreeing yeah. with you. I've just recently realized that when people tell me I'm being dramatic, nine times out of ten, it is a male, and in like an argument or debate situation. And I have just recently realized 
that's not because I'm actually being dramatic. Don't like look at yourself and tell yourself you're a drama queen all the time like I used to do. Like the, I, that's just because you're a woman. Yeah. Well, that's I- that's coded language for oh, you're just a woman being a woman and I'm tired of listening to probably you. Probably on your period or something. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know, and you get like even even going into like the the voices of women and like our tonality like how much during the last election did we just hear it was a regular point of comment on the news like i don't like hillary clinton because her voice is really shrill like is that really a thing Mm -hmm. that we we talk about in terms of an actual politician like or or, i mean I, i know that like this american life did a great talk all about vocal fry and like how it's just a thing that like Older males have a problem with young female podcasters with vocal fry. <laughs> it's just women using a lower tonality. I, I it's crazy how it's legit like the just the sound of a woman speaking. We're going to find reasons to be disturbed by it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's it's hard. I, I will say like on a daily basis, um, I will make great strides to. Uh, change the way that I interact and speak to come across as to, to like make my emotions so measured and to try to be overly calm uh-huh. in situations where dis- disagreements or debates are happening in a work setting to try to be calmer than my male colleagues to just to show I am not being emo- this is not emotion this mm-hmm. is I'm trying to state my opinion that I, I disagree with you. I feel like this is important and I'm trying to state it very factually, uh, like the links that I will go to. Um, and, it, you know, when I, and I see it probably even more so from sometimes when I'm taking care of people, like, you know, like my patients, um, especially in the hospital when it's someone who doesn't know me already, who I've never taken care of before, you know, they're, they're coming in and so I've never met them. Uh, I round with a, my residents and a, of course, some of our residents are male <laughs> And anytime I'm in the room with a male physician, all eyes are on the male physician. Even if I'm the one who came in, started the conversation, shook hands, introduced myself as the attending physician on the team, as the one in charge of the team. And I usually say something like that. I'm the supervising physician, just so they know who everybody is. Mm Because there's a lot of people in the room and you want to know who all the players are. Uh, But I always identify myself as who I am. And I try to make the one, be the one who's making the, the final like points and things like that. Still, all eyes are on the male physician waiting for him to talk. Right. Um, I've even been told before, uh, I'd rather hear it from the doctor. I'm waiting for the doctor. Well, you're the doctor. A- and I've, I've already introduced myself <laughs> as the doctor. I've already said, I am your doctor. I, my name is on your bracelet. See that whiteboard with your doctor and that name written next to it? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's looking at the resident in the room because he just happens to be male waiting for him to talk because whatever I say can't be that important. I was I was thinking about this the other day, this topic, while I, I was having a very deep, meaningful uh, self-conversation when watching the show <laughs> Toddlers and Tiaras. Um, <laughs> what? No, but, but listen. How can you come back from that? Go. <laughs> it's my favorite show to love to hate because uh, all I do is look at all the things I hate about it and I'm like, how... How does how do these terrible things happen to these poor children? I don't know. Never to Charlie. Um, never, never, never. Yes. But, but you think about it. It's a show all about being a woman in, in a metaphorical sense. Tollers and Tears is showing that I could write a paper on this, that 
in the world, there's always enough room for all of the men that want to spawn. But there's never enough room for there to be more than one woman on the same playing field. Like, Mm -hmm. from the time we're little and we can start, like, walking and can be put in a dress and can be, like, paraded across a stage, we're judged by how we look and by the color of our hair and by how thin or heavy we are or her, how nice the fake teeth or we how put nice in our because fake we're teeth of are. an age where we would have lost teeth yeah and so we need to correct that with fake teeth <laughs> and it's like i mean even in class there's in dating and in high school like there's always enough boys and there's always enough men and if you want a spot and you're a man then it's yours and you never have to worry about there not being room for you because, I mean, at school dances, if you're a guy, just ask a girl to dance. You never have to worry about not having a date because, like, you can just ask someone. Like, that's your thing to do. But if you're a girl, you're left waiting for someone to ask you. Like, it's mm-hmm. not in your mm-hmm. hands, typically. I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't. You probably, like, should. Like, I'm not against it. I would ask someone to do a dance. But, like, the way society has been for years, if you're a woman, like, either wait for a man, a man to give you a position of give, or power give or give you to permission mm-hmm. to have a spot or you have to beat out all the other women for it like you can't ever just like raise each other up and be cool to each other and all be equal you either have to like beat another girl to have the last date to the dance or like there can only be room for one woman in this company or in this class mm-hmm. or in this like certain group of people so beat the other ones for it, it it's it's like being a highlander there can only be one (laughs) yep okay (laughs) so that's anyone wants an inside look into what it's like being a woman just highlander all the time yeah um so i mean basically being a woman is just toddlers and tears which is which is there's always an ultimate grand supreme but to do that you have to like beat out all the other girls and tell them their dresses are ugly and and try to sabotage their routines it encourages woman-on-woman crime because then we feel the need to hate each other and talk bad about each other and fight each other uh when united we are stronger (laughs) but that's that kind of division serves the greater purpose of keeping us subjugated can you imagine how ridiculous everyone would think it was if we had a show all about little boys wearing like suits and holding their arms out to their sides and (laughs) wearing fake teeth and walking across the stage and like having to do like a dance routine and then they're judged based on who has the most facial beauty at 12 months old. Well, well, <laughs> like, yeah. do you know how ridiculous people would think that is? But, I, I mean, but it, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, and there's not, like, yes, we there are, you know, male pageants, but they're not held to the same level as, like, Miss America. Mm. Uh, but that's because, you know, when you're a human, you have intrinsic qualities that make you you. When you're an object, you have uh, a set goal that you are to achieve and other objects can achieve that better than other objects and that's what happens when you're objectified like your goals yes. are what you do not who you are and that's the key difference that we're talking about here it's being seen for the qualities that you can offer someone to use not the things that are intrinsic and inside you yeah i mean i was doing an extended learning opportunity through my school to get my gym credit which, like, think about that for a minute. My gym credit had nothing to do with, like, physical appearance, about, like, anything other than the PowerPoint I was told to make and the fitness test I was told to take. 
and my principal, who is a male, uh, wouldn't sign my paper for my ELO, which, like, basically, if you do a sport outside of school, you can get that instead of taking an actual gym class. And um, I did all the things I need to do. I had it approved by people at, like, the county board office of schools. Like, I'd done all that I needed to do, but he wouldn't sign my paper and was very mean to me about it when I asked him to. And I was like, well, okay, he was talking down to me like I am a little girl, not like I'm, like, you know, a young woman who's Mm -hmm. almost 18 years old. Um, But I'll just figure it out. So mom called him and asked him, you know, talking to him because I thought, like, he'll probably take things more seriously from an adult at least than he would from me because he was just not listening to me. And one of the first things he said about me to mom when uh, he was, like, trying to defend himself was, well, I mean, she's a very pretty girl. Which one, why does that have anything to do with what we're talking about? Literally nothing we're talking about has anything to do with how I look. Two, if I was a boy, would you tell my mom, well, he's a very handsome young boy? No, you wouldn't. And it also, I mean, for one thing, like you're underage, so. Gross. It's gross. And and two, why does your physical appearance have anything to do with anything? I Literally nothing. What was the follow, what was the next word? What was, like, what was his follow-up for that makes sense? Yeah. And, uh, and we never knew the dot 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 because mom cut him off. It was like, well, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. I think I think mom made that end pretty quickly. Yeah. And it's easy to see in this kind of environment because I know we talked about we were we were kind of inspired to talk about this stuff because of everything that's come to light with a lot of um, the sexual assault and, and rape allegations, you know, that have been um going on in Hollywood and mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein and everything that's followed that. Um, and I know we're not really talking about sexual assault. We're mainly talking about sexism, but I, I think you see like how one, how it, it all, it's all part of the same culture, which is exactly what you said, Taylor, which if we're just objects, we can be treated. However, we can be used. However, we can be uh, touched or tossed to the side however we're always right. told men have the power and can give it to us and there's no other way to get it except through a man then if we want it then we'll do whatever they tell us to, uh-huh. to get it and a man can only be seen in that lens through that lens I don't mean real I don't I don't mean really but through that lens a man can only be so bad for taking advantage of that mm-hmm. right that and that's that's why men are are rarely punished for this kind of, of thing. Whether That's it be why a male college student can brutally rape a young girl who was unconscious and get sentenced to six months in jail and serve three months of that and still be able to Well, we don't want to ruin his life, you know. Right. right. Even though he's now literally used in a textbook as the definition of rape. I mean. But we don't want to. We no. don't want to ruin that. For well, him. and that's what and that's what we hear. We hear the sob stories from the, you know, perpetrators. How hard it is for them now. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I, you know, I, I like especially working in the restaurant industry for as long as I have. Like, you know, a lot of these, a lot of people are saying, like, especially with the Hollywood situation. What about these women that are aware? Why wouldn't they have said something sooner? Like, why? Why is this all coming forward now? And I mean, this is on my very small scale, but like coming up, like when I was living paycheck to paycheck and like, and I mean, this is tough stuff, but it's true. Like a ran a random like boss that I idolized, I ached to learn from, I did everything for would like 
drunkenly grabbed my butt and just I just shut up and dealt with it. And I did. And I'm, I'm ashamed of that now looking back. But I just thought, well, someday when I'm stable enough, I'll be able to say something. Someday when I'm at a point when I can risk losing a job, I can say something. And it really hit me. This was not too long ago at a, at a, under a different manager uh, who one of the first things he'd ever said to me working with him was like, you stand up front and look pretty and I'll stand back and make the drinks. And I thought, oh, that's a terrible thing to say. I'm definitely more capable than you, but whatever. I can't go against you because you're my manager. And then fast forward a little while and uh, another girl had come to me and said, hey, I really want to learn the bar. Like, I'll put in the time for free. Can you just train me? Because I want to know. And I was like, absolutely. We both came in on our off days. I trained her. She got up to speed. She was great. And after one of her first night shifts, she came to me and was like, I don't think I can do this. This guy, like he told me to stand up front and look pretty and make the drinks and that he'd stand in the back and or stand up front and look pretty and he'd stand in the back and make the drinks. And I'm like, I did this to you. Like, I accepted it when he said it. I was too afraid to say anything. I kept moving up the ladder. And now you're a few rungs lower than me. And you're in the same position. Like, what do I do? I In that particular instance, I did something about it. But I get it. Like, you don't, you know, you're never coming from a position of power when you're in that in that situation. Exactly. Ex- well, you're exactly right, Tay. Because what, I mean, what you're saying, I think, when people say that, I don't understand why these women didn't come forward earlier. It, to me, that's just like, it boggles my mind that you don't understand. How, yeah. how, what do you mean you don't understand? Coming forward, just like you said, you're coming from a position of, of powerlessness to taking on someone who is in power. At the very least, you lose your job. Everybody who's associated tends to assume that you're lying mm-hmm. and believe the guy because it's easier, especially if they work there or if they're friends or whatever. It's easier just to believe the guy that no this didn't really happen she's being dramatic she's overly sensitive she made it up for attention these are all things we hear about women all the time this is how we're written off constantly and then when you see example after example of women coming forward trying to say this happened to me i'm scared and i'm i'm powerless but i'm gonna try to to say this anyway and you know to stand up and they are completely discarded by I mean in the media the men never suffer for it we elect him president I mean there's no consequences like why what's the why would anybody ever believe us like why of course women don't come forward of course we. there's always some witch hunt to prove that in some weird way we won't say it out loud but we'll agree with it you probably deserved it and I mean you see it ten exactly you see it tenfold when you're dealing with like I, any anything dealing with race like what happens every time that like you know a black kid is gunned down well let's look at his parking tickets it's like no nobody ever right. deserved that nobody deserved that period point blank yeah no no you're exactly right i mean that's the thing we when you see example after example of people coming forward and then just being destroyed for trying to tell the truth and tell their story and you don't understand why people don't come forward yeah well i i and I think, I mean, the most obvious reason why people don't feel comfortable doing that and feel like nothing they say matters is because uh, we live in a country where our leader has been accused multiple times of sexual assault and harassment. Well, and basically admitted to, and admitted to it. That, that but that you doesn't can matter. do that and it's not a problem. That's locker room talk. Well, and that's, that's just boys being boys. Like, I mean, opposite that, like, when one of these, like, horrible 
collegiate rapist, like, what's the thing that gets printed in the newspaper? His swim records? Like, his batting average? His GPA? Like, but look at how good of a guy he was outside of that. Like, you can't, you can't ignore the narrative, and the narrative is super wrong. It's like that headline after the last Summer Olympics when a male swimmer won, like, silver in an event but there was a young female swimmer who like broke a world record uh-huh. and it was like the big headline was like this male swimmer won silver in this event in the Olympics. And then like right underneath it in small print was like, and this female swimmer broke a world record. Yeah. <laughs> or it'll be like, like so-and-so's wife broke a world record. Like what? No, yeah. she's, she's an athlete first. <laughs> yeah. That, that, no, that's exactly the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and I mean, I, I don't know. I think the best the best that we can keep doing moving forward, I was really inspired by, um, what was it recently? Was it the Miss Brazil pageant? I know exactly what you're talking about. I think it was the Miss Brazil pageant. Uh, is that is that where it was? I forget exactly where it was. They, I guess oh, in yeah, this pageant, yeah. I don't think this is a thing in Miss America or Miss Universe, but they no. have to list their measurements. Yeah. And all of the contestants instead came up and said, my measurements are, and they gave a statistic about um, sexual assault on women in their country. Yeah. Which was, I, I think, I think that's what it was, which was, I just thought amazing. And I mean, taking opportunities like that to showcase how ridiculous some of these demands or some of these differences between men and women are, I think that's excellent. Well, and I mean, to highlight the fact that, you know, women are the victims of assault and, yeah. and that it largely goes ignored and that they feel like they can't come forward because they're unsupported by literally everyone that they try to come forward mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone in classes I've had before has always criticized me or poked fun at me because whenever we're given kind of free reign on what topic we're going to do on a project, I always pick, you know, women's rights in the 19s, 20s and 30s or like, you know how women were looked at in the 50s and 60s and the women's movement it's like why do you only pick topics about women's rights it's like well it's i mean kind of crazy to think about the fact that like women haven't even been able to vote for 100 years yeah. like i mean we haven't even had a female president our first female senator or congresswoman was only this many years ago like i want to talk about these things because like it's important to know about and talk about and like as a woman it's empowering to see how far we've come but also disheartening to see how far we still have to go but both are important i think i think absolutely and i think the more that we celebrate that like how far we have come by working together and also not just women but any any disenfranchised group any vulnerable group any any you know minority group that by working together by creating unity um to fight the oppressive forces uh that are in charge working together we get farther including everybody you know this this fight isn't just about me or you it's not just about women it's not just certainly not just about white women it's not just you know it's not just about cis women it's about all of us. Yeah. Um, then we get a lot farther. Absolutely. And we stop trying to fight each other. It's not a beauty pageant. No. And it, no. And there can be more than one <laughs> ultimate grand supreme. I think if we all got our heads together, we outnumber them. True. Well, we do. And we make them. <laughs> we make everyone. And even if we don't, like, 
you know, well, I think all the disenfranchised people, there are more of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what kind of call to action that was. I don't know what we need to do, but there. Yeah. We, um, we are one. Well, we are many. We are super mad. <laughs> there you go. And the next time you call us dramatic, we're going to deck you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really advocating violence. I probably won't actually deck you, but I'll deck you with my words. <laughs> Unless they're a Nazi, in which case, punch away. Oh, that's, that's find a punch is that Nazi. a still buffering endorsement on punching Nazis? Yes. Yeah, I I mean, I am. Okay. I'm, I'm personally endorsing punching Nazis. Great. All right. Yeah, I three out of three <laughs> we're all in agreement I, I i don't know why this is a debate in 2017 right? but it is so there there's my side on did it did indiana jones do it then i probably want to do it agreed <laughs> all right well thank you sisters for this uh a little more serious um i know that's a tougher topic to talk about but thank you listeners for tuning in um if you like our show if you have comments or suggestions or topics uh, email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. You can tweet at us at stillbuff. Uh, and you should check out maximumfun.org for a lot of other wonderful podcasts on our network that you will probably enjoy. Um, and thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, You Change Your Mind. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And I... Go punch a Nazi. Do it. Punch a Nazi. In celeb news this week, the hosts of Lady to Lady took a break from hanging with today's hottest comedians, actors, and writers to sell a sex machine. What'd they do with all that cash? Rent a party bus to go to Magic Mike Live in Vegas, of course. All of this on the heels of a salacious sizzler session with Home Alone 4 star French Stewart. Want to know what the f*** we're talking about? Tune into Lady to Lady whenever, wherever you listen to podcasts. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.